0: Hi, I'm Kristen Hodgden, an IVF mom, proud women's health advocate and co-founder of Rescripted. Welcome to Dear Infertility. This season, join me along with a variety of women's health experts as we explore holistic approaches to our reproductive, hormonal, sexual, mental, and overall health and wellness. From the practice of cycle syncing to the importance of pelvic floor therapy, We'll address some of the many questions women have about their bodies and share practical tips for improving your day-to-day life. Now let's dive in and work towards ending the shame and stigma surrounding women's bodies once and for all, from first period to last period. Here at Rescripted, we know your fertility journey can be difficult and you deserve to be informed and empowered every step of the way. With LabCorp On Demand's suite of lab tests, you can get trusted answers to your most important health questions like, should I freeze my eggs? What is my partner's sperm health? And are my hormone levels progressing properly? It's as simple as purchasing a lab test online, providing your sample, and receiving results to your inbox in a matter of days. Stop wondering and get tested with LabCorp On Demand today at ondemand.labcorp.com. Hi everyone and welcome back to Dear Infertility. I'm your host Kristen and I'm here with my friend Susie Devine. Hi Susie. Hey Kristen. So happy to have you here. Some of you may know her as Nurse Susie, but Susie Devine is a registered nurse with over a decade of experience in diverse healthcare settings, including fertility care. She's also the founder of Binto, a reproductive health company dedicated to improving women's health outcomes with personalized supplements and telehealth care. Susie is also an IVF mom and endometriosis warrior. Welcome. Hey, I'm excited to be here. I love chatting with you. Yeah, absolutely. So same here. And I, we were just saying we could just talk for hours and hours about women's health so we don't even have yeah. a super strict agenda here today, but something that... I've been thinking about a lot lately is just on my own personal fertility journey and just creating content for fertility and women's health is just like all of the noise that's constantly coming at women every single day on social media and from different healthcare providers about their overall health and fertility. It's as the past couple months I've been on a break my IVF, but I have my fertility doctor in the back of my head and then I have my OB GYN telling me one thing and my GP to telling me I should go gluten free for my Hashimoto's and my acupuncturist telling me that I should give up dairy and my it's too much. It's too much. You want to get all of the opinions and be your own advocate. That's what we preach literally constantly. But at the end of the day, like how do you how can you personalize your healthcare journey to your unique experience without getting overwhelmed? That is a great question. And like I, I am still working on personally with you, Kristen, and something that we work on every day at Finto. And I think this is part of why I got into preventative medicine and launching a Femtech startup. Seven years ago is because our health system doesn't work. It really isn't serving, especially the female community. Like you said, it, you have to go to five, ten different people and you're gonna hear multiple different opinions and about the point of medicine, right? You're while you are working with a practitioner who we have set guidelines, it's also at the end of the day their opinion based off of your health picture that they're looking at. it's It can be very overwhelming and this is where it it helps to have a patient advocate or someone in the driver's seat helping you take control of the full scope. The first thing I always preach is that less is more. Mm -hmm. So it's great to have a, when it comes to fertility, I don't think you necessarily have to go to them. So if you're working on your fertility health, your GP might be a great starting point for plugging you into a fertility practice or an OBGYN, et cetera. But they can be there for your physicals or whatever you need outside fertility. And that's okay. Cause Kristen, like you, they help with your Hashimoto's, which is playing into your fertility. So there are, there can be a little bit of overlap, but I think in terms of fertility status, working primarily with your fertility team mm-hmm. best. And then you can quiet out those other practitioners in your life and then just use them as needed. But it, I just wish our health system was better. And this is where working with a coach or someone who you can have a consult with to help you map these things out. Who do I go to for this? Should I be listening to this? Do I need to do that? And that's what we can help with at Bencho. With the telehealth consult, or that's what I end up doing a lot of is just helping guide people through the process and giving you a little bit more of a roadmap. When, if you have no background in healthcare, it's very complex to navigate. Absolutely. How do you navigate the cross between traditional medicine and then like functional medicine? Because that's where I'm at right now. I know I have several. Diagnoses like I have PCOS and Hashimoto's. I have irregular periods and a full-blown autoimmune disease. Like I know I have to have my traditional medical practitioners by my side. But then you scroll TikTok and okay, you should be eating gluten-free with an autoimmune disease. You should be dry brushing. You should be all of these different things that like just add to the mental load, in my opinion. Yeah. Some of them, of course, if they work for you. Regulating your nervous system is always important to de-stressing. It can. I saw a quote recently that was like, if wellness stresses you out, it's no longer wellness. And so how do you, you know when someone comes to you with just feeling like they're stuck in that middle ground, what do you usually tell them? I would say you all you need to do are like a few things. And this is really my view on wellness is that, yes, there are dry brushing and lymphatic drainage massages. And the saunas and red light therapy and all of the things and Casper oil packs and you name it. It's, that's amazing. We want to keep pushing the boundaries of finding alternative treatments that can help, but you don't need to be doing everything. No one has time. Most of us are wor- working full time and we have a lot of obligations. So your self care routine should be nurturing and giving back to you, not pulling away. So I would say focus on some of the core things, diet and nutrition. And that's something that Western medicine and functional are going to agree on. I really fully believe that that if you're working with the right practitioners, they want you to be taking care of yourself and focusing on your diet and nutrition. So that's something that you can build up and work on over time that shouldn't feel like something extra that you're carrying around. And then just pick like a few things that feel good to you and then you can try them. Maybe massage is something that you really love. Maybe you do really love the sauna. Maybe it's acupuncture, but, but you don't need to be doing all of them, or right? Like that costs a lot of money and you're just not going to have time. And then your mental health. So I really believe in therapy or any type sort of meditation calming component, not just the here I make a line of products, but it's not just stuff like that. You want to incorporate some other things into your wellness routine. So, a lot of it's going to be trial and error, like seeing what self care thing you want to work in. But I do think a lot of Western doctors today really are looking at the full picture, the full scope of East meets West and trying to look at your body as a whole thing, not just separate units you know. yeah it's interesting I always saw exercise as my quote-unquote self-care but I really love strength training and hit and all of that sort of like intense stuff and while that's great I was noticing that my body felt stressed out a lot and your cortisol levels right sure. it was like the thing that I thought was my outlet which I guess it was or it's like I was doing it to the extreme to the point where it was actually making my body more stressed. Actually, something that I've been doing for my self care is which I always put self care in like air quotes, right? Because it's so many things that can be self care. But yeah, I had to take a step back and say, okay, I love strength training, but I also really love walking with a good podcast. And sometimes I wouldn't do that because I was like trying to follow this intense routine. And when I, actually just did an every other day thing, I could actually feel my body going to a commerce state because it was not a have to, it was a want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to, we're not taught how to be in tune with our bodies. Mm -hmm. Our, Our generation wasn't, I really don't think. Whereas now we're teaching kids at a younger age about their body and their feelings. And that's something that I really had to feel out for myself as well as I used to be like a crazy exerciser. Now I just, I love to power walk and I do Pilates and yoga and it feels great. And maybe one day I'm going to do strength and HIIT training again, but that's just not where I am in this phase of my life. And I've learned how to listen to my body and give it what it needs. So if I need rest, just listening to physical cues, And diet culture is so now drives me out of my mind when I think about it. I've been working with a nutritionist, registered dietitian, and she was actually on one of the previous episodes this season, but I was under eating by a lot and just not nourishing my body. And I saw something recently that said I started thinking about what I could add instead of what I could take away. And that was such a big unlock for me. It was like, okay, yeah you're supposed to get X amount of fruits and vegetables a day. And that little bit of extra is working towards that, not adding calories to my overall intake. Absolutely. And fertility is a, when I was going through infertility of remember, it was like a whole mind game where you want to be nourishing your body and praising it and being positive, but you also hate it at the same time because it's not doing what you want it to do. And it there's a lot of layers of complexity there with reviewing yourself and, and your body. So just reminder to everyone that your body is doing hard things and it's okay to have complex emotions around it. And yeah, give yourself some grace during this time, especially with food and diet. And that's where I wanted Vento's products to fit in to feel like a little gift. So it's something else that you can do for yourself where it's an additive, you're not taking it away, but it shouldn't feel stressful. It should just feel easy. During the menstrual cycle, the body goes through several changes, including gastrointestinal, think bloating or looser stool, and dermatological, like breakouts or texture. Luckily, Seed's DS1 Daily Symbiotic includes strains studied to support healthy, clear-looking skin by way of the gut skin axis and supports healthy digestion. Be consistent with taking your daily probiotic to support healthy digestion, bloaties, and your microbiome throughout the month. Visit seed.com and use the code REScripted for 30% off your first month's supply. Yeah, so I was going to ask that next supplements. I think that's another sort of fine line. It's like you don't want to be taking the kitchen yeah. tank of supplements, but where do they fit in? Such, so such a hot topic. Yeah. Yep. There's so much going on in the supplement space that we're in. Seven years ago, no one was talking about them. (laughs) And we really believe, again, that whole thing of personalized medicine. So your body is unique. How can we look at you and what you need without overdoing it? And that's our whole approach. I think there's some areas or clinics that can really go overboard with (laughs) the kitchen sink protocols and you feel very overwhelmed because you're like in not only all these medications, but five different herbs, my vento pack, this powder, this drink. But we really just, you don't need to be taking everything. They're based on your fertility diagnosis. They're really only a few things that you would need to add into your daily supplement regimen. And if you have PCOS, you shouldn't be taking DEGA. So make sure you are working with professionals who can help you tailor your supplement routine to make sure you're not also taking something that could be contraindicated. Yeah. I remember recently, because everyone thinks they should be taking CoQ10 for egg quality and obviously it's an amazing supplement for that. But I'm also on a lot of NAC, which yeah for PCOS... Which you can explain what that is in a minute because yes. you'll do better than me. But I was like, should I be on both if I'm thinking about doing another egg retrieval? And you're like, no, I think you're okay with the, just the knack since you're on a higher dose. And it was just so refreshing to be like, no, you don't need to add yet another thing because yeah. not that they're the same, but like less is sometimes more. Exactly. We see that a lot. And that's where we'd like to tailor people's routines so you're getting what you need. Not dealing with like 10 different supplement bottles, but yeah, NAC is a really powerful antioxidant. It's a precursor to the antioxidant glutathione, and it can help with that ovulation feedback loop. So really great for uh, females with polycystic ovarian syndrome who are not ovulating regularly or getting a period. So we recommend 600 milligrams to 1200 milligrams a day, depending on your body's. Needs, but it can help you get a period naturally. And if you're trying naturally, it can also help thin your cervical mucus to help sperm more easily pass through to reach the egg. And it's great for the uterus itself, so uterine health. And then coq10 is another antioxidant that that has more of a role with egg health, egg quality at, at a cellular level. So we have coq10 naturally in the body, and it declines as we age. So that's where the thought process of adding CoQ10 in for fertility. But yeah, I think that's the problem with certain books that tell you to just throw in the kitchen saying, yes, because it really is overwhelming and it can feel like you said, angry. You can feel angry at your body too, even more when, or at least in my case, when you feel like you're doing all of these things and then you're still not getting pregnant. Exactly. It's really frustrating. But you feel like you're doing everything right and everything in your power. And that's because you are. And we still have so many advances to make in the field of reproductive endocrinology and women's health in general. I hope we only continue to make advances with mm. telehealth and preventative medicine to help women navigate our bodies and the healthcare system better. Really excited to be on the forefront of that and excited that fertility, or excuse me, rescripted is on the forefront of that as well. It's really great. Yeah, absolutely. So what, if someone is trying to conceive and they're having trouble, what would be your first line of defense or first tip? Yeah. So for me, I, after I worked as a fertility and IBF nurse, so everyone knows. And before that I worked in postpartum and L and D. So women's health is really my wheelhouse. But for fertility, when we first started trying our first child, I was 30, I think. So below the recommended age of you need to try for a year, blah, 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 blah. We tried for three months. It wasn't working. And I was like, yep, I know something's wrong. I could just sense it. So listen to your gut. If you feel like you want to see a fertility doctor, if you want to get testing done, do it. Advocate for yourself. Get a workup. It's okay. That's what I did. And we found out that I have endometriosis. And some other things going on. And so it was a long road of IUIs, miscarriages, two rounds of IVF. And then we have our son, Pierce, who's a year and a half. So oh, super blessed with that one. But it definitely was not an easy journey. I think, yeah, just listen into your gut? I have a similar story where yeah. I wasn't getting my period back after going off pill. And they always say we eat X amount of time. Of trying, but if you're not ovulating, you can't get pregnant. Right, <laughs> so it's but you don't and know. If you don't help. have sperm, you can't get pregnant, and we don't talk about that. Yeah, I didn't know. I was like, is it me or is that my husband? I'm not going to just keep trying. There's no healthy sperm. Yeah, I did see a post, so Those are things that you have to think about. Yeah, I did see a post from a fertility doctor recently that said if you can do one fertility test or if you can only afford one fertility test do a semen analysis because yeah. it's mute and it's literally 50% of the fertility equation. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot less invasive than what a lot of females have to go through for a workout. Yeah. Way less expensive. Absolutely. So yeah, and I don't know if, I know it's a guideline to wait a year if you're under 35, six months, yes. if over 35, but most clinics that I've been in touch with, you can really advocate for an evaluation? Yes. Nowadays, you can. When I went the fertility clinic eight years ago, it was still a little tricky. We were still really pushing people to wait. And I think that narrative has changed thanks to groups like Rescripted out there sharing information and letting females know that this is not okay. So we're seeing a lot more of that patient advocacy in the office. And then as well, places like ACOG, which is our governing body for OBGYNs. Also, re-looking at things and saying fertility rates are declining. Women are older when they go to have their first child. Should we be rethinking what we're telling people here in terms of how long to try before they seek help? Yeah. And I think or I hope that we're also moving in the direction of, I'll never forget, I got diagnosed with PCOS. I'm sitting in the, my very first fertility clinic was handed a pamphlet about PCOS and I asked if there were any lifestyle changes I should be making. And I was told no. And And I hope that we're moving in a direction of, yes, there are things you can be doing in addition to the medical intervention because it can be both end, right? Like it doesn't have a holistic and it's really what I'm learning on this journey. It's It really can be both. And it doesn't have to just be one or the other. I 100% agree. And I think that's what's so great about Binto is that, yes, we believe in over-the-counter medicine and we look at more of a holistic approach. But we also very much agree in prescription drugs and traditional you may need treatments and I have benefited from them. If yeah. you can join the two together to create a package that works for you, that's really the best thing that we can do. Even birth control, we posted something yesterday about benefits of birth control because I just think yeah. birth control gets such a bad on social media, and very necessary for a lot of people. And I'm even coming to the realization because for a while I was mad at birth control because I had been on it for so long, and then I came off and discovered I had PCOS. When in hindsight, I wish that I had been able to get to the root of the issue sooner. But that's neither here nor there at this point. But now I'm seeing. I'm on day 60 something of my cycle and it's so unpredictable and that my last cycle was like 80 something days and it's just maddening. And I'm realizing that I was put on the pill for a reason and it really did help regulate my body and my hormones. And I just don't think that's talked about enough, but there, it there's a time and a place for it. Yes, totally. And if, again, this is where there's no one size fits all. Where we really look at personalized medicine. So, for a lot of people, the pill is really helpful, not just from a symptom management point perspective or for things like endo or PCOS, but there are a lot of people out there who do really need birth control. And even though we talk a lot about fertility, there are reasons in your life where you may need to be taking a pill to help you with preventing a possible pregnancy. And I I don't mean that to sound that's just my uh, what I've seen as someone who's worked in women's health for a long time. So there's a reason why we have all this. I think the again, we are there are a lot of amazing companies out there that are now looking into better solutions for females. And I think as long as we keep talking about it, pushing the boundaries, we'll, we'll get better. But no, you don't need to. As someone that's in this wellness and supplement industry, you don't need to detox from the pill. It doesn't live inside of you. It has a very short half-life, which is why you take it every day at a certain time for it to be effective. So you don't need to detox or cleanse from a pill. Detox is really like clearing out the liver. And that's fine to do. And there are supplements that help with that. But yeah, there's just a lot of marketing stuff at play. Like we mentioned, like things that you see on TikTok. and instagram that can make you feel a little bit overwhelmed but if you've taken the pill it's probably okay and you shouldn't feel shame yeah and i think the bottom line here is just always know who you're listening to make sure that people have credentials if you're watching a video on yeah or social media because there's a lot of like self-proclaimed health experts out there right now absolutely and it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And always consult with your healthcare provider and or if you're going with a more holistic approach, just make sure that that person has the right education and credentials. And you still may want to run it by your GP or. Yes. Nine. Yeah, for sure. What would you re-script about like just the way women navigate the healthcare landscape? Yeah, I wish it could just be more of a one stop shop. I wish we had a universal health record that connected and talked to one another or yeah. alternative care and your health system and hospital that you go to. That would be the drain, right? To have everything connected and where you, where it feels a little bit more seamless in mm-hmm. terms of navigation instead of like you said, where you have 10 different opinions and none of them talk to each other and it can be overwhelming so a little bit more streamlined care would be my dream and oh so much more but I'll mm-hmm. leave It all <laughs> even and uh, yeah and we're trying to streamline like the information like the there's so much research out there yes. that is informing healthcare providers care in a lot of cases but then it's not easy to read it's not easy, easy to decipher and And you go on WebMD and it tells you one thing. And so we're really trying to bring you that like science-backed content in an approachable way that where it's not overwhelming and you can take it back to your doctor and say and ask questions and be your own advocate. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Susie. Thank you, Kristen. I think people will have a really great starting point for figuring out how to balance it all and advocate. Yeah their health and fertility. And you can always book a consult with us. You can go to my B-I-N-T-O dot com. You can follow us on Instagram at My Binto. And then you can also follow me at Nurse Susie. Yes, yeah. You'll see it there. <laughs> we'll share this and tag you and everyone can follow. But always love chatting with you. And yeah, Binto is one of my favorite companies. I've been a loyal customer for many years. As a here. great advocate we're to have you thanks again if this podcast means something to you be sure to hit follow or subscribe this helps you because you'll never miss an episode and it helps us because you'll never miss an episode for everything you need to know about women's health and fertility head to rescripted.com or follow us on social at fertility.rescripted